0: This is a Lip Media Podcast.
1: This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The country we now call Australia was built on the stolen lands of hundreds of unique Indigenous nations, and we recognise that as white women, we continue to partake in and benefit from the act of colonisation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Book Slut, a podcast
0: bringing erotica out of the gutter and into a snobbier gutter. Hi, my name is Abby. And I'm Sam. It should go without saying that this podcast is not safe for work, so put your headphones in. How are you going? I'm okay. I'm okay.
1: Good weather. Good vibes only. Good vibes only.
0: <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm about to bring the mood down. Yeah,
1: I'm um, I'm excited. Even though you keep telling me not to be excited, yeah. I'm still excited. I need
0: you and everyone else <laughs> to just temper your enthusiasm at the moment. I think we really
1: need to name and shame you. Um, me? <laughs> in this episode. What? For the
0: quick changes of books and or themes <laughs> and or yeah, everything. Look. I am a hot mess at the moment. <laughs> um, I started like three different books before picking this one. And I feel like I made the wrong choice <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so I really wanted to talk about um, like Australian romance or Australian erotica and like the representation of of Australia in these um, books. And I kind of wanted to explore like a bit about like, weirdly enough like online a bunch of americans like see uh, australia as like an exotic location for mm. for romance and erotica and so i kind of wanted to explore that and i kind of wanted to talk about a bit about colonialism and romanticizing all of that and anyway this didn't give me any of that really <laughs> so that's what i really want to explore uh when talking about like australian representation
1: i remember um i got really excited when I was at a friend's holiday house, because I found a Mills and Boone or like a, a Harlequin romance that was about, so their holiday house was a, and I always get this wrong, Phillip Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, there was a Harlequin romance written about someone at, at Phillip Island.
0: Oh, and I was like,
1: this is great that's the kind of thing that
0: you want to pick up when you go on holiday (laughs) yeah
1: firstly that like this is in your holiday house amazing (laughs) and also that it's about like the area right like it's it's about where we are which is cool and I read it and it was so interesting because like Phillip Island is I mean it's a holiday destination but it's not exactly what I would I wouldn't call it exotic (laughs) <laughs> no, no. And, like, you know, it's kind of got more ties with, like, supercars or whatever, V8s. Or, you know, they do that race. That's Phillip oh, Island, isn't it?
0: Formula. Formula. Form, Formula reve- One. We're
1: revealing ourselves as people who don't.
0: Not, a car thing. Not very, like, true blue Aussie, are we? <laughs> There's a car thing <laughs> that happens there.
1: But um, we'd been to, like, the local pub and it was pretty kind of Aussie pub ish and mm-hmm. then i was reading this romance book where they talk about her like going to the pub and it was all like
0: ooh like fancy oh, oh no was that was the book any good no oh uh, i was going to say maybe we should have read that one <laughs>
1: No, I, I mean, as is my way. I think people noticed me reading it, like at this holiday house, and so I read out passages.
0: Oh, beautiful! Um, But
1: there was definitely
0: like, who knew that? What what would be to
1: come? (laughs) Um, There was definitely like sex on the beach and stuff, which I thought would probably. I mean, I think there's two Australian cliches, which is the beach. And the outback. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and then I guess if you go historical, it would be things like colonial yeah. times and yeah. stuff. But I haven't actually seen that many. I don't know. When I when I was doing Googling into Australian romances, the main thing that came up for me was rural yeah. romance. Yep. Um, which was a lot of kind of small town, outback-y vibes. Yeah. Stetson hats, except we don't call them that.
0: What, what is that? It's an akubra. Ah, oh.
1: it's like the Texan version of a Kubra. There you go. Sure. There you go. So you didn't
0: have fun with the book. No, I <laughs> did not have fun with this book. Um, so I read the first book of the series called Outback Brides of Wirralong. Um, Is Wirralong a place? No, oh. I Googled it. Sounds it
1: sounds like it could be an Australian place.
0: It does. <laughs> so this was published in 2019. Ooh, recent. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. One might say too recent for some of the things I'm about to say, but who knows? Um it's subjective, I guess. You can be subjectively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um so I gotta say, like just upfront, like I really hated this book. <laughs> <laughs> The romance was not believable and it was not at all sexy. So (laughs) strap in for that. Okay. (laughs) I'm ready. So, okay. So it opens at a wedding from the perspective of Lacey. So there are four books. I hate the name Lacey.
1: (laughs) And I feel like it's a common romance name. I've yet to meet a real life Lacey. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so in the four books in this series it, it, each of them follow a particular character and this one follows Lacey. but it's like an in- interconnected community right yeah
1: which is something that we haven't spoken about with romances but is actually a really common feature of a lot of romances to have like the brothers of Brides Glen or, you know, <laughs> the McGregors or whatever, yeah. that it's like you either follow a family or you follow a group of people in a town so that people can keep returning to the
0: same. the same
1: characters and also see the life of the characters that they left in a previous book, I think is a really common romance. Well, it makes sense because then you like build
0: up attachment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great way to do a series, yeah. you know, that that is focusing on the kind of personal lives of different people, but they obviously interrelate with other people around them. So, yeah, I, I think it's actually one of the things that you mostly find in romance that you don't really find in a lot of other. Um, yeah, because a lot dif- of other
0: books, it's different to say in like a like an epic fantasy where it just like follows one on from the other mm. It's like deep diving into, into one or two people's lives,
1: but you have all these other characters that are also there and then suddenly you deep dive into those characters' mm. lives and it might be happening at the same time as mm. this or like slightly different timing and you see the crossover of events, which I think is like, I, don't, I yeah, I quite enjoy it as a thing. I wish I hadn't deep dove into these
0: people's <laughs> lives. Okay. I mean, yeah, enjoy it if it's done well. <laughs> Uh, yeah um so Lacey has a huge amount of baggage from her previous marriage so she just she's just gone through a divorce from a guy named jerry <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, so he was like super controlling really possessive um and so she's obviously processing that fair um she's very like caught up in not wanting to be in another relationship similar to that mm-hmm. then there's so she's sitting at this wedding, and then in comes Cameron James. And I quote, We're Along's sexiest single policeman. <laughs> there were sexier
1: married policemen, but, you know, <laughs> he's all that's left. <laughs> he's that's the only bachelor <laughs> on the police force. There are other, there are sexier single men as well. Yeah, it's quite neat. It's
0: just <laughs> in, in what is a in, in rural, we're Along. In a rural <laughs> country town. <laughs> competition is how not big's their police force like four people <laughs> it's just like the local cop <laughs> so he arrives and he sits next to her she's like looking at him and and like he's well known as being a bit of a player um he's got a lot of he comes from like a broken family and mm-hmm. it's well known around the town that he like is terrified of commitment and mm-hmm. just like yeah but she's looking at him like obviously really into him but she's like scolding herself for it because she's like she. He's not a, a, a good, like, prospect. He only wants, you know, one thing and blah, blah, blah. She's like, he exuded raw masculine power in a devil-may-care sinfulness that made her want to sigh from behind a curtain as she watched him walk by. Wow, that is, that's detailed. <laughs> also, um, the more we, re- we read,
1: particularly romance, I think, I am intrigued by the term exude in a sexy way because oh, to me yeah. exude feels kind of like ooze like pus <laughs> yeah like if something's exuding something it's just like slowly like seeping
0: out of them yeah. i don't know it's just not a sexy word to me but <laughs> i hadn't thought of it like that but thank you for ruining that yeah for sorry me. <laughs> So, yeah, so they're sitting next to each other and, like, they're both, from their own perspectives, admiring each other from afar. Mm-hmm. But he's looking at her like, oh, she's so prim and, like, the reason that I'm interested is because she's off limits. And she's looking at him like, oh, he's a awful play, Like, you know. It's yeah. The, yeah. So that's the setup. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good. So it's, like,
1: a pretty, like, bad boy. Definitely. But bad boy cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like romanticizing policemen in in this, just kind of like throwaway lines about him, like protecting and serving exactly. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And how it's not just his job, but like it's part of his personality. You know, he's there, he's a strong man. There and to he's just her. racist, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's. Wasn't included in the book, but you got to read between <laughs> the lines, the subtext.
1: <laughs> I think. I mean, I think that comes back to kind of some of the stuff we we're talking about with class, where like a lot of the men in these stories are represented as firemen, policemen.
0: You know, this. Um, it's like the perfect hero archetype, really. Well, yeah. I mean, I say perfect in like air quotes.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it would. It, I think it's going to be interesting to see post the real like black lives matter that kind of stuff how it's going to relate to cops being represented in in things like romance
0: yeah right like uh,
1: uh, is there going to be a recognition that people don't see cops that way Mm. and haven't for a long time right like
0: I mean some people still do I I mean some
1: people do yeah but I think it's a an example of a white genre writing to white audiences definitely Definitely. So it's like, oh, well, you can just make this assumption that people think that cops are heroes because you think you're writing to white women and you are a white woman.
0: Absolutely. So then we switch to Cameron's perspective, um, and he's going all on, on and on about how marriage would never be in his plan. And well, but they're just like you've just seen someone. When I see someone across the room who I think is
1: hot, <laughs> I'm not like, man, that guy is hot, but is he marriage material? I just don't know. <laughs> I'm just it's not the first thought that comes to my mind. Maybe like five years into dating,
0: I would be like, is this man marriage well, material? I guess you would not fit into the brides of we're along universe. <laughs> yeah, right. It's in the title. Good. But I think this idea that people look at each other
1: I mean I'm not I, I get like size part of each the, other as yeah, prospects for like marriage. I, I know it's part of this happily ever after thing that happens, but but the, that to me is absurd. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe there are no. People it's absurd. are <laughs> <You're> not
1: wrong. <laughs> who look at someone and immediately think
0: about their marriage prospects? I guess because they're at a wedding at the moment, that's where they are. Maybe mm. that's why she's in even more so like, oh, people are getting married. I want to get I feel like married. when I'm at
1: a ma- when I'm at a wedding, I'm like, somebody here probably has drugs.
0: Free booze. <laughs> <laughs> where are the canapes. <laughs>
1: Just hiding, like sitting at that table right near the door where the waiters come out yeah. and be like, oh, I just That's sat here. That's the singles table. Yeah! <laughs> they know. <laughs> uh, quick note, though, putting the singles table by the waiting staff door. Absolutely A on genius. board with that. Genius. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> if I've got to sit through your wedding, you need to make sure I'm well fed. <laughs>
0: absolutely. Um, And so he's thinking to himself how we're along as quote, full of luscious ladies happy to have a good time without getting into a heavy relationship. That is not my experience of country town. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he goes on and on about how he definitely avoided serious women just like the honey he was trying not to stare at sitting primly next to him. It must be the big keep out sign that was making her so attractive to him. So I was already just like, I can't, like, I think the thing that jarred me about this book is that I really want to find romance and erotica, but more so romance in this context, that doesn't fall into these traps and this fell into every single one Mm. of the traps.
1: And also, I just like, she's sizing him up, he's sizing her up. Where's the keep out sign? In her prim, like, and proper body. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) Like, they obviously are attracted to each other. Where's he reading in this,
0: like, stay away from me, sir? Yeah, I think she had just been like cold to him in the past or something. Oh, right, right, right. Anyway, she should smile more. She should smile more. <laughs> That's what men like. <laughs> uh, so, Lacey gets up. Turns out she plays the saxophone. Lacey gets up. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. Okay. Yeah badass so she gets up to play with the band at the wedding amazing and she's like some saxophone genius as it turns out and cameron loves jazz <laughs> and so there's this line where it's like he loved sax change a vowel he loved sex <laughs> no
1: wonder she's being cold
0: to him like is that his leading line <laughs> he ends up approaching Lacey, and there are things in there like he felt like picking up her glass and pressing his own lips to the spot where her mouth had been and checking the, <laughs> Oh, Sorry. you wait. And checking the dosage of liquor, or better still, kissing her and seeing what she tasted like. He doubted he'd get away with that in court. I was just checking for alcoholic intake, your honour. He didn't say it out loud, but the thought made him smile.
1: Oh. <laughs> I'm just picturing a man picking up a glass that I've just drunk from and, like, tonguing it, you know,
0: like... <laughs> Creep. So they flirt more and then, I actually quite like this. So he, he quite boldly is like, Lacey, I'd rather this evening didn't end. Will you come home with me and stay the night? Up front. Into nice. it. So she goes home with him and they bang, supposedly, because I didn't read it. There was no banging. Oh, what? Yeah. It was like a fade out. Yes. What? And I was like
1: ripped off. Was there, there was sex in the book though, right? Oh yeah, we'll get to
0: the sex. Yeah, okay.
1: Surely the first time is the main time. Especially this time where it's it. like
0: hot, they're like, oh, they're all into yeah. each other. And it's like they both think it's a one night stand. So it's yeah. like they're probably really going for it. Yeah. No, nothing. Right. Left me cold. Okay. So then he gets a call in the middle of the night because, oh, yeah, did I mention he's, uh, he's a policeman? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, right, right, right. right. serves and right. protects. <laughs> um, so he gets a call in the middle of the night because he's on call. While he's banging this chick. Uh Uh-huh. And there's a woman at this country train station uh, who's in labor. And because there's no hospital in the town and the ambulance is off somewhere else, um, he needs to drive this woman to the hospital. Uh Uh-huh. Which is like not that far-fetched. That happens. Yeah. In country towns. Yeah. For those of you city (laughs) slickers. Yeah.
1: I like how careful we have to be about the things that we're actually not laughing at in this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We'll allow that. <laughs> yeah, um, Lacey goes along because she's a midwife as well. Oh God, Lacey is a woman of many talents. Yeah, yeah. Shit name, but many talents. <laughs> <laughs> and as they're on the way, the woman ends up giving birth in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Cameron freaks out. He's all like, "Babies, birth, and blood. This is why I'm very careful <laughs> with contraception." <laughs> so, babies, birth, and blood. Oh my. <laughs> This is why I run a mile from marriage and inexperienced women. They trap you into the hell of it all. Needy women, broken families, confused offspring. Like he really Ooh, like flips yeah, out. That's a lot. Yeah. And Lacey's like, whoa, calm down. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm. And she's thinking to herself, well, this guy's fucked. Yeah. I'm out. Fair. And I don't want to see him again. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's fair. That's fair enough. So she heads off to Perth to go and like finalize her divorce because that's where her ex husband, Jerry, lives. Mm-hmm.
1: And Wait, what, where is
0: We're Along? Is like, it it's in West in Vi- Australia? No, it's in Victoria. Ah, oh, okay.
1: it be quite a journey. You just gotta go to either a regional airport <laughs> or- <It's quite laughs> and then a to a city airport. I mean, do we know whereabouts we is in Victoria or it's just like regional? No. I'm getting too much into the logistics <laughs> yeah, of this, aren't as I, guys?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she heads she's in perth and she finds out that she's pregnant they didn't use contraception no they did they make a point of it like they ah. make a point of it again and again and again that they use a condom every time they had sex and and she took the morning after pill the next day because after his little like out.
1: yeah birth, she was like, she was like no, nip that shit, this shit out <laughs> huh? yeah
0: all right um. Anyway, so somehow she still falls pregnant.
1: He has super sperm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's very strong. He's yeah. a policeman. He's a policeman. He's a
1: policeman. Yeah. Right. That makes sense.
0: And so she's like, "Oh shit," and decides not to return to Victoria straight away because her plan is to go back to Victoria, buy a house, and we're along. She's got friends there. She wants to move away from her her awful ex husband. Um, but she's like, "Okay, I'm going to wait a little bit until I've got some money because." I don't want to go back and Cameron to feel like I'm trapping him because of his huge fears about women trapping mm. him. then the the book jumps to eight months later. okay, cool. <laughs> whoosh. So eight months later, she heads back to Victoria. she's on the plane. wow she she's, it wasn't just like a couple
1: of weeks in no. Perth. it was like I'm going to be very pregnant on the plane. Yeah, are you
0: allowed to fly that plane into it, it you went into detail saying that she had gotten a letter so that she was. <laughs> So there's your logistics. Whoa. See, I feel like these are all the things that would
1: have made you bored and I would have been really into.
0: <laughs> That's probably true. So Cameron still has no idea at this point. And meanwhile, we hear a little bit from Cameron's point of view that he's like ruined since their one night together. He, Can't he, sleep with all the other hot honeys exactly, of long. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. So yeah, he's been pining a little bit. Anyway... Cameron's on call again one night and he gets called out again for another pregnant woman mm. going into labor. It's lazy. It is lazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Shit. So he arrives and he sees her pregnant belly and he's like, "Oh, well, she obviously got around after me. She hasn't been thinking of me at all." Wow, wow, wow. Oh man. <laughs> and um, then it makes it to the hospital in time. So they pull over and she... He needs to drive faster. <laughs> like, put your siren on. Yeah,
1: like, you're in, you're in country Australia. You don't
0: even have speed limits,
1: really. You're also, you're the police. Wait, wait, they do have speed limits. <laughs> I mean, not on some roads. Oh, maybe that's West Australia.
0: Yeah, unmarked roads are like 50. <laughs> wow, okay. We've all learned something about your driving. Um, He's a policeman. He can do what he wants. That's the problem. <laughs>
1: Well, who are they gonna go to? Bloody eye back? They're not gonna do anything. We know that.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so they don't make it to hospital, they pull over, and she makes Cameron take off her underwear and he makes some joke about like, oh, again? <laughs> oh, not the time, Cameron! Not the time! And then to his astonishment, she pulled off her loose dress until she stood before him in her lace bra and bare, bountiful, beautiful baby <laughs> belly. A lot of bees. I love the a alliteration. Of, a lot of bees. I'm in here this for book. the alliteration. And so, like, at this point, I was like, What the fuck am I reading? I did not sign up for this. Still hasn't been any sex. Just pregnancies. And so. She gives birth on the side of the road with Cameron there. Cameron starts to get a bit like mopey about it. And so like part of his internal thing is like, he realized that he wished that it was his baby and not some fellow from Perth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bet you won't wish that hard when it is your baby, Cameron. (laughs) Um, You know, that would be far too real. (laughs) A few days later, he goes to visit the hospital and um, she tells him that it's his kid and so he's obviously in shock and reacts not well, <laughs> which I think is kind of like reasonable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would react very well in that circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> Me
0: neither. Again, it just goes like at length about all of his like commitment phobia, and but he's also like torn because it's one woman that's changed him for the better, and
1: how they had sex once. I what know. <laughs>
0: I know <laughs> her healing vagina, <laughs> <laughs> and as so though there's like something like innately wrong with not wanting to settle down as well. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's a pathology. Yes, it is. If we've learnt anything <laughs> from our readings, <laughs> so they are completely incapable of having like a adult conversation. Yes, <laughs> the communication in this book is awful. Again, from his perspective, he's like they didn't know each other well enough to co-parent a child. But they had to. He had a son. He needed a plan. Then it hit him: to marry Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> good plan. You can't possibly raise a
1: child and co-parent not married. <laughs> that makes sense. No, that's a good step. That's I a, yeah, yeah, I solidly support your future plan. Good one,
0: Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> um. They fight some more. She gets really angry. And then he has this bit that annoyed me about how she looked so beautiful when she'd been spitting fire at him that he wanted to kiss away her anger. I just hate the whole, like, you're beautiful when you're angry. angry. No, I'm angry when I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm beautiful because I'm beautiful. (laughs) I'm beautiful all of the time. (laughs) Um, And then on her end, she's like, damn the man for being so big and gorgeous and lost. (laughs) Fuck me. It just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, God. Anyway, so they uh, plan to have dinner to sort it out. Pages and pages and pages go by of incredibly, incredibly dull internal monologues about their respective issues. (laughs) It's like, I'm your audience, not your psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I get that you want to make your characters relatable and like real with like real person issues. And I'm not, not definitely not trying to like downplay the issues mm. but fuck in a, I don't know it was dull <laughs> to read in a romance <laughs> yeah anyway so their dinner where they're trying to like figure out what to do doesn't really go well because they're terrible at being humans and communicating <laughs> um and then there's like a couple of lines about him like frisking her and like women love men in uniforms because did I mention he's a policeman <laughs> <laughs> Fr- mm. okay you looked like you wanted to say something. I, was
1: just, I mean, fris- frisking is so problematic. I just, the, uh, uh, the sexualization of what is like inherently such a traumatic event for so many people is very upsetting. But
0: yeah, that's fine. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> let's take a break and then, I'll, <laughs> and then I'll reveal the end to you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> mm, books, love.
1: I do just have a question. Yeah. Was there like Australian slang
0: in the book? Oh, did they ever point, say
1: like, "yadrongo"?
0: Not <laughs> as much as I wanted. A couple of times I was like, crikey. <laughs> they actually said crikey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I really you? wanted more of that. Really did.
1: Yeah. Um, one of my colleagues says a lot, says mad as a cut snake. Oh. And I hadn't heard that since i lived in the country but i'm like god that's a good saying like it's, it, it just you know you know what i like your flaming galah <laughs>
0: uh, it makes me think of alf oh
1: and wasn't he like a yeah, yeah. A,
0: god you ruin everything <laughs> Sorry. i can't sexualize frisking and i can't enjoy your flaming galah because of fucking alf,
1: alf. <laughs> um i like i do it genuinely even though i hadn't heard it before it became a joke but now i like it in a genuine way is like i'm i didn't come here to fuck spiders oh really i quite enjoy that as a like a genuine response to things
0: <laughs> i would not have picked that for you also
1: my mum always says or used to i don't think she does anymore but she used to always say built like a brick shit house." That was like a big one. That was a big one in my family.
0: Even things like shit a brick. That's Shit a pretty brick. Aussie. I, I say shit a brick quite a
1: bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. I do think we've got some pretty good, and by good I mean absolutely bonkers <laughs> sayings. <laughs> yeah. What was the, wasn't there a, like a Toyota ad
1: where it kept on like running into things or something and they used to say an Australian word. Sorry, I didn't give you much to go off. But. No, also cars. What? I know. <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, damn it. I'll
0: think. About bugger? It. Is it bugger? Bugger! It wasn't bugger! <laughs> it was bugger! I <laughs> want oh, another bloody Volvo driver. <laughs> yes. And there was the little kid who was like, Bugger! That one.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you got that off yeah. what I was saying. <laughs> anyway, okay, so a few crackies. that's all we have.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, and they mentioned, like, Kookaburra, Kookaburra, kookaburras a couple of times. But there just wasn't enough Australian references.
1: Yeah, I think that was a problem when it's like, well, this could be anywhere. Like, this could be a small town anywhere. I want it to be... Yeah. Australian, yeah.
0: So, okay, next thing you know, there is another woman who is pregnant <laughs> oh and God. in labor okay. in the bush. I see why
1: at the beginning you were like, that's normal, that seems fine, because yeah. now you want to be like, this is not normal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how, how old's the child? Like, do we have a time frame? Oh, this is within, like, from when she gave birth, this was within, like, Maybe like two weeks. Or oh, so. okay. Wow. Yeah. That's high frequency pregnancy. book. high frequency
1: pregnancy. Yeah. You would think that the town would be like, this is a, this is a common problem. Mm. We should
0: work on. Let's get like another ambulance or <laughs> yeah. something. Um, so the only person in the town who can go and help is Lacey. Uh, sure Who's, she's not a practicing midwife at this point she's yeah, just like right. helping out she, yeah which cool. i mean yeah, community spirit sh- sure <laughs> um and Cameron just happens to arrive to help out too so that's nice so they drive off to help this woman and they end up helping her give birth uh in a motel on a mountain and uh-huh <laughs> the baby's breech so i was like oh drama
1: all i can think about in my head is like where are mountains in victoria Where we're along but yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Breach baby breech baby Breach baby in the beautiful, bountiful belly of the bumbling bride.
0: (laughs) In the bush. In the bush. (laughs) At one point, Lacey tells the woman to like feel between her legs. And she's like, oh, wow, a little bum and some boy parts. And then Cameron winced at the graphic picture in his mind. And that is the most explicit reference to body parts in this whole book. (laughs) Wow. This is really PG. It's... Yeah, it's so PG.
1: Sorry, so the so the woman reached down between her own legs Yeah as and, she was and felt his bum and, and Yeah, and so
0: Cameron's like Ugh
1: <laughs> I mean for a man who's now been to three births, he's quite squeamish for like no reason.
0: <laughs> and then finally, incredibly, the entire baby was lying on the bed below his mother with a fat umbilical cord swimming in mess. He turned his head and took a few deep breaths, felt the nausea roll over him, and forced it back. So that was from the perspective of Cameron. Right. The baby didn't take
1: the breath. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the baby. <laughs> I was like, why are we
0: suddenly in the head of the baby? <laughs> I wish we had been. I wish we had been. So Cameron's all grossed out, and I was like, you know what, Cameron? Same. Yeah. At this point, Yeah. I I didn't want to read about an umbilical cord in a romance novel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a big storm and they can't leave the mountain. So they have dinner at the the motel restaurant and Cameron's like plotting. He's like, I got to woo Lacey. I got to like get her to marry me. Um, Try just like not being a dick. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, one, that's one approach. Um, so he ends up telling her that he loves her and proposes at dinner. And she is like, oh, sorry, let me think about it. Which I respected. Mm-hmm. That's good. So she doesn't believe that he loves her. She just thinks that he's like doing it out of obligation. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, let me prove to you how much I love you, but gently. <laughs> and um, I mean, she, she's like two weeks post birth. Like, yeah, you would want to be gentle. I don't think you're allowed to have sex for a while. Post-birth. I know nothing about birth. I'm
1: pretty sure. Except that it can rip you.
0: Well, another reason not to be putting more things in there <laughs> while it heals. Also,
1: that they found that doctors were sewing women up who had been ripped tighter than what they were originally. Oh, yuck.
0: Like, just, like, being like, ugh. Yeah. Love, like, it, love just, a tight... Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Just being
1: like, this is like, this would be a good vagina.
0: Ugh. Made it tighter. Yeah, read about that. That's disgusting. That was fucked up. There's a lot of stuff around pregnancy and and giving birth in hospitals and stuff that it's like wildly alarming.
1: One of my friends, when he was studying to become a doctor, did, um, I don't know, one of his subjects or whatever on that. And then literally sent me a text message being like, don't go to a hospital to give birth. Oh God. It's terrible. I was like, oh, okay.
0: Well, I remember one of our friends who's um, who's a doula. I remember her talking about like one of the benefits of having a doula present is that they're there and able to like, and they can advocate. Like you shouldn't
1: have to advocate for yourself when you're trying to push something out of your vagina. Like that to me is insane. One of my like most vivid memories of my first year of university when I was doing anthropology was a whole thing about the way that birthing has become um, centered in Western society has become centered around making it easier for doctors who are generally male to deliver babies rather yeah. than like the woman who is like having in, the
0: baby and how they like lie back rather they than lie like back like yeah.
1: all fours would be like easier but yeah, yeah yeah or like with birthing stools like it used to be or whatever and how it's now like you're on your back and also the prevalence of like giving um medication to women and stuff
0: again not a doctor <laughs> I,
1: I know nothing
0: about birth <laughs> but i guess it's i mean gender politics touches everything Mm. including this so he takes her back to his room and then after what feels like an eternity reading about the gentle caresses (laughs) here's the sexiest part of the book (laughs) are you ready i am so ready (laughs) from that point on their joining flowed like mercury a ball of silver longings rolling together and seamless in forming one molten entity that swept them away until the, even their murmuring stopped and they fell asleep in each other's arms. I mean, come on! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really upset about having spent time reading this book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess romance is... Well, it's a broad about, genre, right? Yeah, and like, like, not all of them are going to be erotic and not all of them are going to be interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god.
1: Yeah, so I guess it's it's more probably the disappointment of not knowing what you're going in for. Well, that's it.
0: I wish I like well, I went back and I was like, did I miss something? Did I like not read the blurb properly. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, they never say on the
1: blurb that it's explicit or not explicit, you know? Like, you, you don't know what you're in for for romance. That's, I think, why they had those, like, steamy or... Oh, yeah, the little categories. Yeah, the categories. Mm. But even so, that's only for, like, Mills and Boone or Harlequin. Yeah. You know, they don't have that with normal books.
0: I would have just loved a heads up being like, this book contains not one, not two, but three pregnancies in graphic detail. <laughs> And no sex in any graphic detail. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit weird that the pregnancies
1: were like described a lot. I mean, but the sex. So wasn't. I did
0: look into that because I was like, what?
1: <laughs> um, one the- of the women who writes one of these series is from Newcastle, just by the way. Oh, yeah. This,
0: yeah. It might be it might be this woman. She is a midwife.
1: And writes uh, a, lot of, a lot of, like,
0: medical fiction and stuff uh, around midwifery. Had I known, <laughs> I would have, I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, I would have gone in with my eyes open at least. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, so we're getting to the end now. <laughs> yeah, right. So, they're finally driving home. And then Cameron's car rolls over the bank towards a cliff. Oh, my God. Drama. So Lacey tows the car out, but he's unconscious. They airlift wow. him to a hospital. He's oh, in a coma. so he can get to a hospital. The women car. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. He gets a, he gets a helicopter. <laughs> so he's in a coma. It's not looking good. Meanwhile, Lacey's like, oh, no, I actually do love him. I wish I had said yes to his wedding proposal. Bah. Her and the baby go and sit by his bed for ages. And I mean... Ages. <laughs> in terms of reading it. <laughs> yeah, right. And so, in the end, she ends up playing him a recording of her playing the saxophone. And that's what wakes him up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, in the last chapter, it's their wedding. And there's this line that's like, above them all, a kookaburra sat in the gum tree and laughed.
1: Laugh. Cookabara laugh, cookabara gay, your life must be... Beautiful. Thank That's you. It's a beautiful rendition.
0: <laughs> Until quieted by the sound of a lone saxophone playing the bridal march. So there you go.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I can... Yeah. I
0: see. You understand. <laughs> I understand. I, I was do. so let down. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... I mean It brought, for me, it brought up some things around, like, I I guess kind of what you mentioned before about expectations, what we expect of romance and the broadness of that genre, but also around, like, yeah, the sort of hero archetype and, like, falling back into these cliched ideas about, like, pregnancy will sort of, like, bring people together um, and that, like, marriage is the solution. Like, they're, they're quite antiquated ideas, and I was just struck that they came up so profoundly in 2019 yeah I mean it's interesting right
1: because you would think that things are changing and if things are changing then that is kind of for everyone in an like you shouldn't have to look for progressive books to have things where it's like maybe it's not immediately sizing someone up for marriage or you know this idea of a one-night stand isn't like this horrific kind of like naughty thing that people do that, that kind of uh that those norms would be becoming more prevalent generally. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that's
0: just our bubble talking. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I can see how this ticked a lot of like sort of like the romance boxes around like the ha- happily ever after. There was certainly a lot of, um, obstacles to overcome together (laughs) I mean nothing brings people together like giving birth on the side of the road yeah absolutely that's that sounds super traumatic also the baby came out in like like of all the lengthy things in this book the birth (laughs) was not one of them (laughs) right
1: okay okay I guess it's also interesting when we were talking about the idea of it not being quite Australian enough is also an interesting point to kind of look into for us personally. It's like, oh well if someone is writing an Australian fiction does it need to be super Australian? Mm. And I guess it's kind of like if it had gone too far the other way, we would have been like, "Ha ha!" scoffing at being oh, like, absolutely. this isn't this isn't our Australia, you know, like Abs- this isn't...
0: Absolutely. <laughs> if it had been like that Simpsons episode where they like... <laughs> <get> out- Dollary-doos. <laughs> get out like the boot. The boot. <laughs> I would have been like, this is appalling. <laughs> this doesn't represent Australia at all. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: But also I think there is something... I mean I think it would be hard it would be really hard to write something about regional Australia unless you lived in regional Australia and and to write it well because I think there are some very particular I don't know I don't I don't want to say like stereotypes or cliche but like characters mm. that you come up with in regional Australia and we've both lived in in regional Australia. Yeah. And there are there is a particular community out there and yeah. it's easy to um push over into making fun of them
0: if you haven't experienced that that community as well. Yeah, totally. And like I was harsh on this book, but I think that she did kind of capture a bit of the like community vibe in it. It mm. was it was just sort of lost in amongst the three pregnancies. <laughs> um
1: yeah, and I I think as well it comes to this idea of like our our cultural cringe, which I think a lot of Australians have about Things that are very Australiana Mm. and very, particularly white Australiana, I think. I was reading things about... I mean I couldn't find much I was saying to you this is the this is the one subject where <laughs> academia just does not give a shit. Um <laughs> we've got stuff on like zombie porn but <laughs> nothing on Australian erotica or Australian not, yeah, not really. There was stuff about Australian literature. Yeah. And you know its popularity. The thing that I found was that particularly recently there's a lot more of an understanding so I I looked at this Australian book readers um survey results and it was saying almost two thirds of the Australians surveyed regard books by Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander writers as important for Australian culture Mm -hmm. right so I think there's also becoming this push for having Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander voices and I went into the Australian Romance Writers or the Romance Writers of Australia site I read their annual report oh my god (laughs) I love you (laughs) Because I wanted to look and I think you did this ages ago, maybe in like our first or second episode where you were trying to find the board members. Yeah. And I couldn't find all of them. So I can't say if they were mostly white. Their names led me to believe that. But I did see in their annual report, they this like this year's annual report, they have just created a diversity subcommittee. Oh,
0: like the Oscars. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, um, with the remit to inform the committee proper on matters of diversity that are encountered, reviewed the language of relevant policies and documents, as well as proactively offering suggestions for how RWA can better manage the diverse nature of our organisation. Oh, okay. So it seems like it's something that the Australian Writers, Romance Writers, of, the Australian Romance <laughs> Writers Guild have recognized in some way and are actually taking steps to address um but on the subject of the i think a little cultural cringe i think also the idea of what you were saying where it's like exotic for Mm. other countries and it's not exotic for us yeah um i read an article that was about the cultural export of romance. Oh, yeah. And it was saying that Australian romance writers sell mostly to international markets. Almost 900 romance titles by Australian authors were published in 2015 to 16, which is more than double the output of fantasy and over four times that of crime.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And so, like, it also makes me wonder if maybe people writing about Australia aren't Australian. (laughs) And this is where you get these, like, Outback kind of vibes. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I do find... So, for instance, when I was in Brazil, they have a restaurant. <laughs>
0: okay. They
1: have a chain of restaurants called the Outback Restaurant.
0: Oh, they have Fuck, what's it called? Similarly, in, in England, they have a chain of restaurants that are... Oh, is it called Outback? I don't know. Because it might be global. I don't it's know. It's definitely... But, a, like australiana themed. yeah i went
1: there and it was like the food one of the food options was like a fried and a fried onion like a deep fried onion like oh. an entire onion deep fried and i was like is this what you think australia <laughs> is this what you think of <laughs> is me this, <laughs> is this what we do I'm a, i don't know what this who is. am i what
0: <laughs> who
1: created this did restaurant? they have a deep
0: fried uh mars bar no. Oh. It was just See, that would have been more. I can't
1: remember anything except for the onion.
0: Like, it was, it was just crazy. Side note, the other night I got one of those giant pickled onions from a fish and chip shop delivered. Not just a pickled <laughs> onion. <laughs> I got other things too. I ate it. It was good. <laughs> I'm
1: good. I, I, I'm glad. Um, and the other thing was that they were saying that the RWA in Australia has 730 members which makes it the largest writers organization in the country.
0: Oh, right. Okay. So in terms of like other genres in Australia. Yeah. There are more. Well, I don't know if other genres have guilds. Guilds. I kind (laughs) of love that romance writers have guilds.
1: Yeah. It's like, it seems quite um, communal in that way, like kind of helping each other. Yeah. And I wonder if that is also fed into the kind of communal nature of fanfic and
0: yeah that's that
1: a that's a good point kind of thing but it's interesting to me that there isn't that much information around romance in australia particularly considering that it is quite a large cultural export that yeah. we have of australian writers but writing for international audiences yeah. Um, when I don't think Australia would be like bucking the trend of people like not reading romance. I think we do read romance. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that came up in that article that's not entirely related, but I also think is an interesting point that seems quite specific to romance is the amount that romance readers read
0: yeah so like
1: the fact that you know so this one you were saying is the series and people will read them in like a week yeah and then they will not only that but like you find a a writer that you like and they will read the entire backlog and a lot of romance writers have like 30 40 titles like it's just this prolific yeah this is this really interesting particularly for like a genre that doesn't have like you might think of it for fantasy because they have like Comic-Con and they have these um, massive meetups and stuff, whereas romance for the, for the, for the readers doesn't have that kind of stuff. It has mm. it for the writers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of fascinating that this, there are so many people reading so much romance who are kind of secret.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like the, it's this huge subculture that no one really talks about or knows about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it must exist in Australia. Right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> must. Well, I'm glad that I was able to share with you that because it's something that I didn't want to carry on my own. <laughs> I'm glad this is a
1: safe space. <laughs> I am sorry that it didn't have very much sex and sounded I think very not sexy. I think
0: what I have learned. <laughs> uh huh over the course of you know doing this podcast is that I have no time for like sort of tr- your traditional conservative romance mm. I, I need to be playing in the erotic waters otherwise I'm just I just don't think it's for me yeah, yeah. so yeah uh, I hope that next fortnight whatever you read is it, I'll aim for it to better <laughs> love. Wow.